Hello, everybody. Welcome uh, once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us uh, here as we start a brand new year. We're, we're, uh, I'm always fascinated how, how quickly now it seems that time passes me by. I don't know about you, but it just seems like we started 2016 the other day, and, uh, uh, and it's just here again. I think part of that is because of what I do, I sort of, I, I'm, I'm, measure time a lot by Wednesdays and the weekend because I'm, I'm here and we're doing things and we do stuff other days too but they're particularly the way I think and study and have to pray through what I do I'm sort of scheduled so things seems to make time go really fast because I get through a weekend and it seems like Wednesday and then boom it's the weekend again and uh, add other stuff in there in life it, it makes time go go very quickly I'm not complaining um, I'm blessed in the life that I have in Christ. I, I teach all the time. It's a full and abundant life, and I believe that. But uh, it does seem to be moving right along in the process. Today, what I thought I would do is, as we sort of end a, a new year, uh, and you know, end a year and start a new one, is a lot of people are take time at this time of the year, kind of, you know, Christmas is over, New Year's is here, and there's maybe there's been some time off or maybe not, and but different situations going on, and um, I, I think we can't help but but sort of wonder what the next year might hold. Some of us have had you know difficult 2016s, and and uh, you know I'm sure we're hoping that the next one's better, and maybe some of us had a great year, and we're hoping for more of the same. Um, a lot of times people think about resolutions now, uh, and you know okay, well start of the new year sort of is a great time to. Really get something going. You know, one of my old standard jokes about that is New Year's resolutions seem to go in one year and out the other. Uh, because they, that's about how long most of them last. Maybe we're making plans for something new, something different. All these things might be going on in us. So I thought with sort of that in mind, I would talk to you a little bit about me. Um, and, and maybe there's other people like this in, in the room. Uh, I am actually a list person. I, I, I make lists. Anybody else a list person in the room? Do you, that you would say you make lists? Some people don't make lists at all. Um, I make lists. And uh, it's how I plan. And I have different lists. I have uh, one list every week that contains everything that has to be done for that week, particularly as it pertains to what I'm doing here. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's probably 15 or 20 things that I need to get off of that list that I have no choice but to complete in order for things to continue to function here. There's deadlines for, for Bible studies, and there's deadlines for sermon outlines, and, and uh, I have to get those, there's other people who need them to do what they do, to do overhead projection and, and bulletins, and so I have to hit those plans, and they have to be translated, and all those things, so I have to finish some things in certain times, uh, and, you know, just to prepare myself and everything else, so I have those things on my list every week. Then I'll have other lists, which um, uh, have some, there's like a list for long-term projects that, that I would like to get to so I don't forget about them. I have found over time if I stick something on a list, I can quit worrying about it. Otherwise, I think, oh, so I write it down somewhere, and then I, then I have it on a list. And then I have lists of short-term projects, you know, that I want to get some things done and, and that I can sort of go to those things when if I've finished everything on the have-to-do list, then I can start grabbing some things maybe that are on some of the other lists to do. I used to do all of that with legal pads. Um, I will tell you now, I use a nifty little program called Trello. I'm not selling it. I'm just telling you it, uh, it 
replaced my legal pads and I can, I can have my list with me wherever I need them on my phone or on my iPad or whatever and it's easier for me and it was free and I love it. So, um, so I'm a list person. Now, I think it's um, totally biblical to, to uh, have a list and to make plans. I, I do. I think it's, it's okay. My scripture reading is this, Proverbs 14 and 15. Uh, a simple man believes anything, but a prudent person gives thought, but the prudent give thought to their steps. So for me, this idea of having, you know, lists is helpful to me. It helps me to, you know, direct my thoughts and my prayers um, and sort of keep me moving in the right direction because I could start running down a lot of bunny trails uh, and move in and expend a lot of energy on things maybe that aren't as important if I haven't taken time to think about it, pray about it, consider it, plan it somewhat, and, and uh, sort of put it on a list. Now, there is something, for those of you that raised your hand, there was quite a few, that's very important, I think, um, for list people to consider, is this, that life is found outside the list. You have to get a hold of that thought pretty quickly. Life is found outside the list. So, so even though uh, there's something in me that would like to accomplish everything on my list every day, um, I have found that it's very possible that God has other plans for me on that day. And that his list is more important than my list. Uh, his will is more important than my will. Being on his day timer is better than being on my day timer. And it's also way more satisfying than finishing everything on my list. Don't get me wrong. I like checking things off the list. But, but there's something more satisfying about knowing that I was, I was on his day timer rather than my own throughout the day. So better is, you know, one thing on his list than a thousand on mine, I think would be a, a good way to say that. So with that in mind, let me, let me just make you a, a few points before we get going. Uh, and, you know, I skipped over my bad jokes. And if I don't get back to them, someone's going to come up to me, and actually more than one person will come up and say, hey, where were the jokes? And they're really bad. I saved them for you on purpose. Why did the man sleep under the car? He wanted to wake up oily. See? What do you call a guy with a seagull on his head? Cliff. I love that. That's classic. Cliff? No? Yeah. <laughs> Point number one. Who is in control? I think this is a great thing to think about. Every day, and particularly as we start a new year, and maybe we're thinking about doing some things differently. So every day that you wake up, you have to decide who's going to be in control of your life. You or God. Now, ultimately, he's always in control, but, you know, allowing him to be in control is, is different than, than that whole process. So you're basically deciding who you're going to let control your life when you get going every day, you or him. And here's this great verse, Psalm, Psalm 4610. It says this, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Uh, the word be still, that phrase in, in the Hebrew literally means to let go, to calm down, to relax, to lighten up. That's, that's what it means, to, to let go. Quit hanging on so tightly to everything and, and trust God. But I have found that this practice of being still 
is extremely, extremely important and yet very, very difficult for us. And, and it's, uh, I, I would say it's, it's something that we need to have some discipline on in our lives. And maybe you've already got it down, but um, I, I know it's something that I work at all the time. Just the idea of being still. Um, maybe it's because I'm a list person, I have a tendency to be thinking about things all the time. And I, I've told you one of my secrets is I write stuff down so I, I can quit leaving it take space in my brain. But there's something about just taking a few moments every day and being still that is extremely helpful in our lives. And, and I'm, I'm talking about being still. Now, this isn't, I, I, I tell you all the time about the importance of reading the Bible. And I tell you all the time about the importance of praying. And we talk about those things as being part of daily life. You, you've heard that from me. Being still is different than either one of those things. It's just that, being still. Just stopping, not, not doing anything at the moment, not just kind of trying to be still in the presence of God and stopping for a few minutes. And um, if you don't do that, I want to encourage you to start getting in the habit of it. Just stop doing everything. Stop. It, it, sometimes it's just, a, for me, it's just thinking about, uh, not, okay, brain, stop. Just stop thinking for, for a few moments. Just relax. Just be at peace, just breathe, just settle down, and, and just take a moment or two doing that. Generally, as soon as I begin to do that, it doesn't take long be, before I, I, my relationship with God kicks in and I'm, I'm relating to Him, and so I'm, I'm not being at still at that moment. But there's a difference between me charging into it and me stopping for a little while. And it's just something that we're not used to anymore. We have so many things coming at us all the time. We're so used to noise and background noise and, and broadcasting that the idea of being still is foreign to many people. They're never still. And it's so important. And that, that whole concept is just, just be still and know, he says, that I'm God. I'm the one that will be exalted. I'm the one. It's, it's, this is his thing. This is his life. He's the center of the story. We've been talking about that a lot. He's the noun of his story, and we are adjectives. Great to be an adjective in his story. It's where we find life, but it's his story. And so part of us is just letting go, just stopping for a little bit, just not having to get a hold of everything and begin to be at some rest and some peace in him. And um, I want to encourage you this year, if that's not something that you've been doing, try it. Try it. The pastor said we should do nothing. Some of you are going, finally, something I'm into. <laughs> but you'd be surprised. It's start. It starts there. So learning just to be still, just for a little bit of time. It's hard to stay there. Just get still and, and then, you know, maybe move into connecting and, and praying and doing the things that you need to do. So who's going to be in control as you start the day every day? Because that's pretty important. Um, for someone like me that's a planner, uh, I, who, is it going to be yours or mine today, God? And life is always found when it's his, not mine. So I have to start being still so I can sort of let everything go. Then, secondly, the, the next thing we need to have a pretty good control over or handle on is the blessing of contentment. The blessing of contentment. So in this life, um, you have to be ready to, to change what you can but you also have to be ready to accept what you can't change. 
this is part of the deal. And, and you know, the, the rest of that sort of prayer that I'm hinting at is the wisdom to know the difference. But, but all of that is figuring out who's in charge and sort of going through there. But what happens is oftentimes we struggle so hard um, to try and control uncontrollable situations. And, and what it does, it just causes stress and worry. Uh, there's, only, there's only one thing that works in the situations that you can't change, and that's learning to accept them. That, okay, I can't, I can't change this. This is just part of how this is going to be. If I can change it, God, let me know, because I certainly want to. But if I can't, if this is something that's just part of the deal, then, then Lord, help me to accept it. I want to learn to be content in it. Paul said this in Philippians 4, and this is powerful stuff, beginning in verse 11. Paul says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned, so learned behavior, to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Here's why. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That is such an amazing verse uh, about dealing with the parts of life that are difficult or that we, uh, we're spending energy on trying to change them when the reality is what we need to do is, is okay, this is just how things are, and I have to, I have to go with this, this process because that's where I'm going to find life. And, and the way that I can do that, and, and this is what's fascinating, is that we do it through him who gives us strength. He empowers us to go through the things that, that just aren't to be changed. He helps us through them. That's an amazing understanding of the, the power and the love of God for us, that he's with us and he will get us through the things, uh, even those things that we really don't um, care to go through. It says he will give us strength. And um, Paul wrote that in, in one of the, during one of the times he was imprisoned. So that adds to the power of that verse, I think. It wasn't like Paul had this life where he just skated through and everything went his way. Um, Paul had an amazing life. God used him amazingly to start churches all over the known world at that time and, and, and to change the lives of, of countless numbers of people throughout history, as he still does. But, um, you know, the guy had it rough sometimes. You know, he got shipwrecked and he got bitten by a snake, as I remember, and he got whipped a few times. And one time he got stoned to the point where he, he, they thought he was dead. They dragged him out of town. And he may have been because he had a little visit to heaven at some time. We don't know when or which of those instances. Uh, and he was run out of virtually every town that he was in um, and chased out of there. Uh, and, so, and he was hungry and naked and cold and all those things he said. So that was the Apostle Paul's life, not really the sort of poster for bringing people into the kiss, ki kingdom, right? <laughs> Come and experience life. And, uh, and yet he said, you know what? I've learned to be content. I know God's with me, and he gives me what I need to do whatever it is he wants me to do, and that's where I find life. It's not about my circumstance. It's, it's about learning to um, settle in and walk in the life that he has in front of me and that he's got me and he's with me and he's for me. And, and you know, the things that Paul got to see and do far outweighed the stuff that he struggled with. By far, he said so. Nothing compared to, compared to the life that we have in him. And, and, you know, that we will have forever. And so for us, I think, you know, it's a good time to think about that. What, what, you know, God, let me know. 
what situations I can change and which ones I can't, and let me know which is which, and then, Lord, help me to be content in, in those places that just can't be changed. Third thing that's very helpful, I think, in this process is, once again, remembering it's not all about me. Uh, we touched on this a little during the Advent series, but particularly when it comes to sort of planning and uh, moving forward. One of the things I've noticed as someone who makes lists and plans is that um, they get changed a lot. Uh, it's a sort of a continual thing that they get changed. I, I make them and they get changed, and um, they often get changed, you know, because of, of problems, things that arise that I couldn't foresee or didn't know that were coming. And these things, they're, they're part of life. Uh, and, and rather than, than, you know, struggling to try and get my plan pushed through, um, what I have to realize is that sometimes my plan is not his. And, and I want his plan instead of my own. Uh, that, that my will and God's will are often quite different. And so um, there's a time when some plans have to be laid down. Uh, and, you know, other plans will, will pop up perhaps, but, but it's just there's a time when you go, okay, well, that's not going to go the way I wanted it to go. And, okay, it's, it's time to do something different. And this is, you know, it's part of life. Um, you, you know, sometimes we have to learn to, to be unselfish. I think that's something all of us are, are always working on. Um, it's one of the biggest lessons we have to learn. It's not all about me. There's, there's other people involved. There's other things involved. There's other situations involved. But one of the blessings of moving towards being more unselfish is that it really frees us up from a lot of worry and anxiety and baggage that we tend to carry around. It helps us to keep our priorities straight. Um, it helps us to realize what's really important in life uh, and, and that, that, you know, the most important things in our life are, are God and, and the people that, that we're in relationship with. And it, it sort of begins to change everything when we understand that's what matters. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If you read that in context, he's saying, look, all the stuff that you worry about, get anxious about, try and make happen, if you trust me and let me have it, I'll be involved with those things, and you'll begin to experience life. Finally, Point number four. I know you hear this a lot. I wanted to put it in there again. Uh, just as a great way to start a new year. Live by doing the next right thing. Uh, you know, when... Sometimes people will ask me, well, how do I know the will of God for my life? Uh, that's a tough one. But the, it's hard to answer but my understanding of it is the way that I find the will of God for my life is by doing what I just said to you. It's doing the next right thing. When I'm doing the next right thing as it comes along, I, I tend to find myself in his will for me. And, and, you know, there's lots of opportunities throughout the day to do the right thing or to choose not to do the right thing. And sometimes I, I you know, I hate to tell you, I still choose to not do the right thing. Sometimes I'll get selfish and do things that I shouldn't do. Sometimes I'll get sarcastic impatient, um, sometimes to the degree that it shocks me when I realize it. Like, oh, man, I can't believe that still is like that. Uh, I, would, I would like to not be there any longer, but it pops up. I, my only hope is that I get through it quicker than I used to and don't get so belligerent that I hang on to it far longer than I should. But, um, you know, 
the way that we experience full and abundant life is, is by deciding, you know what, God, I'm, I'm going to live today all in for you. Uh, I'm going to live this day in this time at this moment, and I'm going to trust you, um, not only in this day, but in all my days. And I'm going to quit trying so hard to make it work in my own strength. I'm going to quit trying to force my will to, to be the only way that things can go. And, um, Lord, I'm going to trust that as I learn to continually give things over to you, um, that the results of my life are, are up to you as well. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your pastor. Great verse, great wisdom, great way to start the new year in the things that we do. And so, you know, I, I just want to encourage you, I hope like me, that, you know, I'll, I'll still be working on my, my list, but my eyes and my heart will be open to him because I know that, that life is always found in him and not just in getting my own thing done, but uh, in, in living life with him first and everything else sort of coming somewhere after that. So I hope that encourages some of you as we start a new year. And uh, if you didn't get anything else out of that message, um, really work on being at peace with God. And if you were a list person and you're dying to know, it's Trello, T-E-T-R-E-L-L-O. It's a free app. Maybe that's what you'll get. I don't know, but it's good stuff. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this year, guys. I think we're, uh, lots of neat stuff's going to happen. God's faithful. And I'm looking forward to seeing many people come to know Jesus and to meet lots of new people as a community and, and uh, for us all to continue to grow in him and experience more of him in our lives. And, and so that's, uh, that's my heart and my prayer for all of you, that, that this coming year is a great year filled with many significant encounters with, with him in your life and that he continues to lead you and guide you and grow you and, and that you're aware of how much he loves you and that it changes you, the, the power of his love that just changes you um, each and every day. So uh, if you're watching my video, thanks for watching. Appreciate you doing that. Come and visit us when you get a chance. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page, and we will pray for you. But um, with that, we are going to call it uh, an, uh, an evening, at least as far as the message.